This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Vet Candy's podcast in other news. A podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Jen. And Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you are not yet a Vet Candy subscriber. Why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also reach us after the show with any sort of comment you'd like to make. But keep it, keep it PG, folks, at Jen at myvetcandy.com. Or Jason at MyVetCanyon.com, and, and I'll take any kind of comments. That would be fine. <laughs> no standards. No standards. Zero standards. I'll take so what I can our, get. Our, our, topic, our topic today is vaccineology. In other news, many diseases are preventable. Get out. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. what. So first of all, first of all, news hounds, let me say a an incredible thing. Thank you that the Candyverse sees us as a podcast and there's just audio because, you know, (laughs) yesterday was Thanksgiving, right? And our guest is already laughing because she knows where I'm going. Yesterday was Thanksgiving and Dr. Jason's hot water heater exploded. Exploded. I wish there was a vaccine for that. Yeah. It was not. So you can imagine personal hygiene has taken yet another hit in the world of Dr. Jason. And uh, he's coming to us today while waiting for the service guy to come fix his water heater. So, you know, the doorbell will not ring. That's for sure. But yes, thank you. I'm so grateful that this is an audio only podcast. Yeah, definitely not a a video or even better, a smell-o-vision situation here. It's not a smell-o-vision. I'm tough, but but I'm not taking a cold shower at this time of year. (laughs) Okay, so while Jason goes and gets the uh, baby wipes to take himself a a little bath, We're going to take a very quick break. And on the other side of the break, we will bring in our incredible guest. And uh, Dr. Jason, we got to tighten it up because she's a smarty, right? She's got a PhD. But we're going to bring in our guest, Dr. Amy Stone, on the other side of the break. So hang tight. When it comes to vaccines, you have a choice. Keep it clean with Ultra Duramune. These highly purified half-milliliter dose vaccines are designed to minimize the reactions associated with unwanted proteins and reduce discomfort. Keep the good, clean fun going with Ultra Duramune. Learn more at elanco.us. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. vaccineology and disease prevention with our very special guest, Dr. Amy Stone. Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. So we're super excited that you're here, especially because we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is disease prevention. Yeah. Everyone gets excited for that. Okay. So for first of all, first of all, we do we do need to give some props, right? Because Jason and I, we're just veterinarians, but Amy Stone is a PhD. 
Are you hearing that, Jason? Dun, dun, dun. Yes, I will be. I will have be. Look, I got my Yale coffee cup, so I heard about this, so I can at least pretend to be smart. Okay, I got my Yale cup. I'm ready to roll. Drink it out of the Yale cup. I hope it helps. Right, right, right. You're going to ingest a little knowledge. Anyway, so she's got a PhD in immunology. So, Dr. Stone, you are perfect to talk with us about vaccineology. So first of all, and I'm using that term kind that term kind of being funny. Uh-huh. But um so so tell us, you know, cuz I know you use it too. Like what are vaccines? What do we do with that? So vaccines are a targeted and that's the important word here, targeted approach to prevention of disease. They make the immune system follow a specific path. They're not just giving like the immune system general immunity. They're actually targeting that immunity to a specific space. Okay. So that's essentially what a vaccine is. So it's targeted. So let's see, being as we're originally from Texas, I'm going to call this like the 22 and not the shotgun, right? Yes, exactly. You're not going to get a whole spray. You're going to go right for the bullseye. Right. I, I think you might have been generalizing Texans there. That wasn't very nice. You think every Texan knows the 22 and, and shotgun reference? I don't well, know about I'm that. you got to be careful. Man, I do. So, yeah, of oh, course sure. from Florida. <laughs> no problem there. I've been Come to Florida. On. Holy cow. I should say, folks, that though, on, another reason that we're so grateful to have Dr. Stone here is that this is on a holiday. That's right. It's Big Black Friday. And so instead of shopping till she drops, Dr. Stone is here to educate us about vaccines, how they work, and how we can use them to help you keep your pets safe and help you keep your patients safe and dispel maybe a few myths, right? And right. so what we want to make sure and talk about is, so here's here's the thing I face a lot in the exam room, Dr. Stone. Uh-huh. You're familiar with the, um, like the anti-vaccine debate. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. And so because every time I talk to a client about vaccinating their pet, what comes up is, we kind of morph into a discussion of human vaccinations. You might be familiar. So do you have, like, how do we handle that? So again, I think as veterinarians, one of the things we need to do is stop being surprised that this is an issue because <laughs> here's the thing. Good point. Yeah, I mean, like, like it's a big shock every time. What? I've never heard time, that before. Every time. And so here's the thing. You know, we, we did this, if you want to be honest, in the veterinary world. We made vaccines the center of our universe because if you look back in the late 90s, early 2000s, you saw placards all over the place that said, you know, free exam with rabies vaccine we oh. about vaccines. And so it's not a big shock that our clients think the only thing we want to do in an exam room is vaccinate their animal. Now, it's true that that is, that, in fact, the only thing I really want to do in an exam room because <laughs> I want to prevent disease. <laughs> but, but having said that, you really Note have to, to be. Note to self, Dr. Amy only wants to put the shot. That's all she wants to do. That's pretty much what I want to do. Yeah. But, <laughs> but so, I mean, we shouldn't be shocked that our clients are then immediately defensive that they don't want their animal to have a vaccine. Like that's, we did this. So we have to start. One of the things we have to do to sort of avoid this whole vaccines or evil thing is we have to start talking about preventive care from the beginning. And part of that preventive care is vaccines. Instead of making it the center of everything, it's got to be a component of things. So that's that starts way before the visit when you get that anti-vaxxer in your room. This starts when you see that puppy or kitten in the very beginning. Now, if you're just seeing them all of a sudden they come into your practice, then I, I have to say I get snarky. I start saying things like <laughs> that's a technical term. <laughs> yeah. 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 
queen of snark here. When's the last person you know died of rabies? I mean, <laughs> I have yet to have a client go, oh, my neighbor did. Like, I, <laughs> I have yet terrible. to have a client do that. Right. And so, you know, yeah, wait, once so, I start. So where are you going with that? Where are you so going with that? The reason you don't have your neighbor dying of rabies is because we have vaccines. Oh. When's the last person, and this may be different in different areas of the country, but when's the last person that you know died of measles or polio? Oh, yeah. I mean, or scabs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And people just kind of look at you like, what are you talking about? And you go, okay, so, and, you know, really the reason they didn't is because we have vaccines. Mm -hmm. So that, and that's the thing I get a lot with people say, well, I've read on the interweb, mm -hmm. right? God bless the internet. I've read on the internet that giving all these vaccinations is unnecessary. It's dangerous for my pet. And oh, by the way, you're just trying to make money off of me. Right. And again, you have to go in with a different attitude than what we used to have. You have yeah. to go in with a, I don't want to put a vaccine your animal does not need into your animal. Okay. So help me figure out what vaccines your animal does need. Let's yeah. have that conversation. Let's sit here and talk about what does your animal do every day? Where does your animal go? What friends does your animal have? You know, those kinds of things. Then we can limit the number of vaccines we're putting in your animal. I basically tell them I'm on their side. I don't yeah. like shots either. So, yeah. let's, you know, but it didn't stop them from giving me like nine of them when I went to Africa. So right. we got to yeah. figure it out. I think that's a right. So when people ask me about that, they say, is it safe to give all these vaccines in one day? And I'm like, well, you know, if it, like humans are kind of wimpy when compared to animals with what they can withstand, you know, I, in my sure. opinion, we're a little, we're, and so I'm like, well, let me describe for you when I was volunteering at a, a children's immunization outreach and this one little girl, she was way behind on vaccines. She was like five years old and she was going to start school. And the only vaccine she had had is the one she got when she was born before she left the hospital. And I'm going to tell you what, they gave her like six vaccines all yep. in different places, like two in the legs, three in the arm. Like it was crazy. Yeah. And they said, they said, great. Now she's all caught up. And so if a human can, system can handle it, then probably the majority of pets can handle it. But aren't there some pets that I mean, is there anything wrong if I don't want to do all the vaccines we determine are necessary on the same day? Absolutely not. Unless the owner has problems with transportation. If that's the problem, then you got to have, that's a whole different kettle of fish and you got to work that out. But mm -hmm. I will tell you, I don't mind separating things by two weeks. You know, if we have okay. vaccine events, you may need to make sure those vaccine events are <laughs> separated by two weeks. Because I'm telling you, vaccine interference is real, people. It is a real struggle. Do not give one today and one tomorrow and one the next day. Don't do it. Fight that urge. Well, then what does that mean for when I give them all on the same day? It's all fine. Everybody can come out in a conservative adventure. We were talking oh. about Texas earlier, right? The whole militia can go yeah. out at once, but you don't want to spread them out. <laughs> the you got to get them all together. The posse oh, is only effective together. Yes. <laughs> that's super interesting. I, I actually, had, of course, had no idea that was true. So it's all today or spread them out by two weeks. Right. Wow, that's actually uh, that's worth talking about. And I think I think part of the issue we have with clients is, is all of yeah, the the anti-vaccine stuff you yeah, have with with the humans and is it going to hurt my dog? And I read this is going to really this is going to kill my cat and all this other kind of stuff. So that's what really I deal with is is this really going to hurt my dog? I read this is going to kill my cat and it's going to you're just going to give me the flu like the doctor gives me the flu with the flu vaccine. I don't want that. Oh, oh. yes. 
Well, you know, like I said, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to get explaining. You're going to have to earn your money for that visit. Well, you got some explaining to do. I don't, I don't, I don't like having to earn my money. I just wish they would do what I want them to do. So we got to work as an industry to make my job easier. Okay. Industry. Let's go. Let's get to it. <laughs> and you know, so, she only said, he only said influenza to poke me. Right? I did yeah, I really seriously. I know. <laughs> okay. I that. Yeah. That's his purpose on the planet. So, uh, so then my next question, um, what's that? Isn't that what brothers are for? It is, it is, it's his sole reason for existing today. Well, I mean, we all got to be good at one thing and I chose this to be the one thing. So (laughs) excellent. So here's the other question I get. And I, and I actually get this about people too, which is they just want to get a tighter instead. And so you know, they'll come in and they'll say, I don't want to pay $45 for this vaccine that's apparently safe. I would rather spend $150 on a titer for my dog for these diseases. And so is that like as a veterinarian, are those things equal and interchangeable? Depends on the disease. Oh, so yeah. So if you're talking about distemper, if you're talking about parvo, Mm -hmm. or if you're talking about panleukopenia in the kitty, then sure, if a client wants to spend that money, I'll spend your money. I got no problem spending money. Um, don't get mad, add. That's what my teachers used to say. Don't get mad, add. Wait, so that's I'm the second pearl. Listen, that I'll is the second pearl of information right. from Dr. Amy Stone. Don't get mad, add. That's funny. Awesome. Bethany okay. Jordan. I have to give her credit for that one. Okay. Um, but I will say, you know, once I explain to them, sure, we can titer this disease, this disease, and this disease. And when I'm willing to do that, when I say to them, yeah, I could run titers on the other things, but it doesn't mean anything. It's not going to give you an idea of whether your animal's protected or not. It's just going to be there and you're going to be wasting your money. And so then when I talk to them about the fact that I'm trying to be a good shepherd for their money, which really I'm not, I'm just saying, whatever you want to do, man. Um, it's your pet. It's your pet then they kind of tend to more come up over more my side. You know, they want to, they want to do the things I'm saying I'm going to do because I'm telling them I don't want to waste your money on these things that is not going to matter. Okay. That makes total sense to me. I don't want to waste my money either. Right. As me a pet owner. <laughs> As a pet owner, I don't want to waste money. Right, right, right. So Jason, do you remember my very favorite pathogen that we did an episode about recently? I remember your very favorite pathogen that we did an episode about recently. Yes. Listeners, the wheelbarrow, you know, the, wheel, the wheelbarrow like, disease. See, oh. I even I remember the the slang. What? That's a gold yep, star. I'm telling you, I get a gold star. I'm Are done for the day. What? It's a, the wheelbarrow disease. Lepto. Oh yeah. Dum dum dum. That's sure like you know Monty Python plague or something. I don't know. I was. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Jen loves lepto. She tries to bring it up on every single podcast somehow, and it was it only took her a few minutes on this one to bring it up. But why should all right, all right. Why should I, I agree? Why shouldn't you bring up lepto? All right, Doctor Jen, what what are we what are we going to talk about lepto for? Well, because lepto and vaccines. Oh yeah, it's lepto and vaccines. Okay, Hello. what's your question? Stop beating Hello. around the bush and get to, get to the question. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, that's right. Well, let's know. What does Doctor Stone think about? Lepto vaccination. Vaccinate them all all the time. Vaccinate them all. all This is why we're friends, Dr. Stone. That's right. So, because here's, you know, you know, like I've heard like crazy stuff, like um, people come in with a new puppy and this is the best thing. They'll say, well, the breeder told me not to do it. Or, well, the rescue said that Lepto is not really in our area. 
Uh Or, you know, I read on the internet that lepto kills dogs. Lepto Uh vaccination. Lepto vaccine, yeah. Right? And so, so how do you, how do you balance that? I mean, is this still going back to our risk-based assessment, like you yes. were mentioning earlier? Yeah, some Absolutely. of us can't just take out a, a DVM and a PhD and whatever else you got and say, I say, so it's got to be true. Some of us actually have to use some reasoning with these that clients. So give us some reasoning, all right? <laughs> that actually works sometimes. sometimes I'm sure that it know. does. I would use it every time. See, it's true because of these two signs. I have a friend who is a DVM, PhD, and says, and that sometimes works, but I will say the CDC website is super helpful. It is super helpful because you can look and show human transmission of lepto and they do a good job of relating it to animal lepto. And so, you know, I can talk to them about the fact that you can actually get this disease. And for probably, I'm going to say 75% of my clients, if I say this is something you can get and your children can get. Oh, that pretty much makes it done. It's the other 25% that takes some convincing. So I have I have a solution for the other twenty five percent. This is I usually just give out Dr. Jen's number, her email address, and her Twitter account, and say go talk to this person, and you will come back wanting to vaccinate yourself even for this. So so that usually works, and they go away mad, but they come back, you know, and they get it, and everybody's safe, and so spreading the word about lepto. Oh wow, wow, folks, he does not. You better not be giving out my number, Uh although that might. I also explained to them they better star 67 you. What? Is that even a th- I'm not even sure it's a thing anymore, but whatever. Oh, it's a thing. It's a thing, just so you know. Okay, so so the other thing that actually veterinarians will ask me all the time, you know, we encourage owners. We like to empower pet owners here um, on In Other News as well as veterinarians. Mm-hmm. But we like everyone to have the same information available. Right. Whether or not they choose to use it is up to them. But, you know, we... We sometimes, we encourage pet owners to ask their veterinarian questions. Right. You know, like, what kind of vaccine is this? Is it killed? Is it modified live? Is it recombinant? Like, what what is this? And does your average pet owner know that? Like, know to ask those differences? Well, hopefully if they're listening to, at the end of this podcast episode, they will, right? So can you explain for us why, as a veterinarian or as a pet owner, I would want to select one of those versus another or ask about them, et cetera. So you're probably as a pet owner going to have to rely on the information you get from your veterinarian because most pet owners, unless they're medical in some way, are not going to be wandering around understanding differences in how A, vaccines work or B, how the immune system works. Having said that, though, I also teach veterinary students Mm -hmm. and they are terrible about knowing the difference in what (laughs) They're the best practice, right? If you can oh explain to them, they're a little they're a little more than a regular client, but not quite a veterinarian. They're the right. hardest to explain to. What and they're super like questioning everything, which is what they're supposed to do as young people, right? And so, they're wonderful in questioning. Right. But when I say yeah. to them, what is in you just put a vaccine in that animal. Yeah. What was in it? They oh. have no idea. <laughs> so, so Yellow number is, five. And this is what I tell my clients. If I can use a modified live vaccine, I want to because it's not going to cause disease in your animal and it's actually going to act like that disease. So it's going to give that the best immunity we have. And I I usually equate it in humans. I say, you know, we don't have to give measles, mumps and rubella a lot in humans. We can Uh give it once or twice. Yeah. Over time. And it's not this huge, you know, we don't, we're not something we're vaccinating for like the flu 
every single year. Yeah. However, I will say, as a little bit of a rabbit trail here, I'm not as young as I used to be, but I got the full MMR series when I was a baby, as did Jason. He was right next to me, right? He cried right. a lot, just so everybody knows. Not true. And, and uh, anyway, um, I had a titer done last uh -huh. year for measles. I had zero right. protection. So I got two you should, boosters. You should get boosted. Um, yeah. You should probably get boosted before you go to college Yeah. when you're a young person, because that's where you're going to encounter a whole bunch of other people that right. only got their injections when they were babies as well. But in general, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time between vaccines. It's not something you're going to get every year. Right. So that's something. Wait, hold on. Are, are you saying it's a lot of time between when Dr. Jen got vaccinated as a baby and now? What are you trying to say? It's a lot of time. Like a lot of like eons passed, right? That is, what, that is what you said. Oh, I was just clarifying. Sorry. Okay. Wait, wait. Okay. But you know what? You know what you say? But she looks good. <laughs> she does. She does. Okay. 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 So, so we have modified live. We have killed. We have all of that. And. Then we have everyone worrying about adverse reactions, right? Right. So the way I find that you can help people with adverse reactions is to explain what those might look like so they know what they're watching for. Wait, on that stimulating note, we're going to pay some bills. Okay. Right? We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we're going to find out exactly what are we talking about when we say adverse reaction to a vaccine. Dum, dum, dum. We'll be right back. Say goodbye to boring continuing education and hello to vet candy retreats and make learning fun with adventure, fitness, and world-class education from the most engaging speakers in our industry. Reserve your spot today. Visit myvetcandy.com slash retreat and get ready to have some fun. Oh, sure. It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone. That's right. We are animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome back. So Dr. Stone was just about to describe for us, what are we talking about when everyone's running around saying that uh, their dog is allergic to vaccines or we have an adverse reaction? What, what is all that about? And should I be petrified? As a pet owner or as a veterinarian? Both! So, as a veterinarian, if you can have an explanation, and typically I have something already printed out for the client that says, these are the things you're watching for immediately post-vaccine. And then I also talk about what's normal to see post-vaccine. Because let's face it, when you stimulate the immune response, we all know what it feels like to get a cold. We all know what it feels like to get a vaccine. We've yeah. been there. We've done that. And you just to feel kind of you know, down is okay. But beyond that, not okay. And so, and I also encourage them if they have a question, call. I, you know, I don't mind answering those questions all day long. Call us. We'll tell you whether it's something that's normal or whether it's not. The other thing I have no problem doing as a veterinarian is if a client wants me to watch their animal for the rest of the afternoon or the rest of that day, I can put them in my treatment room and occasion and watch their animal. Don't get mad. <laughs> no problem. Stay right here. In fact, you can stay right in my office on my pillow right here. No right. problem. I, I, and, and, you know, we got dog beds. We can put your dog in bed. We can put your cat in bed. We can, right. you know. Yes, yes. And they'll be happy. They actually yes. usually are happy. 
You know, yeah. when you can explain to them what it is they're watching for. The hard ones are the people whose previous dog died of immune-mediated hemolytic anemia. And no. nobody, can, nobody can promise them that wasn't from a vaccine. Right. It's true. It's true. And, Some people will try. Right. And so typically what I then ask people is, is this animal you have currently related to that animal? Oh, that's something I do want to know, because if they are, then maybe I don't want to be putting a vaccine in this animal. And I want to be telling them your animal needs to live in a bubble. Your animal (laughs) needs to live in your house, (laughs) your bed, and that's where your animal needs to live. Like on the little pad by the door. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like that, that may be what I am saying, but that's important information to have. Right. So can I vaccinate? So that's the other thing, right? Is that like, if I have a breed that is prone to something like IMHA, like you say, immune-mediated hemolytic or IMTP, immune-mediated thrombocytopenia, can I vaccinate that dog? Because I, I really, because I don't, you know, sure as I don't vaccinate, that dog's going to die of parvo or distemper. Right. And I would say most of the time it's going to be safe. You okay. cannot promise somebody that it yeah. is going to be safe if they are in one of the breeds that is prone to that. And basically what I tell them is, is you need to know you have a dog that is going to be at major risk. We either do it in a controlled way by vaccinating them and hoping that they get some immunity and don't have immune-mediated thrombocytopenia. However, I do know that your dog will die if it gets distemper or parvo and is an unvaccinated animal. Yeah. So you're playing the odds and your dog may get immune-mediated thrombocytopenia or hemolytic anemia from having one of those viruses as well. Oh, that's true. That's a so, common sequelae to the viral infection, right? Exactly. So right. now, you know, it's you're sort of, by having this animal that's of this breed, you are between a rock and a hard place and so is your animal. And so, yeah. you know, bubble, bubble animal, going to have to be living in your house only. Yeah. And, you know, what I have found useful is, uh, you know, it's Murphy's Law, right? The one pet that you try and dismiss the owner's concern, right? Right. Like they come in and say, I'm really worried about an adverse reaction. I've been reading some things, um, you know, my neighbor's dog's face puffed up, you know, right. like crazy. And if I dismiss their concern, that's going to be the dog that has a horrible situation. Every right? single time. Yeah. And so a lot of times I give those dogs pre-medication, right? I pre-med sure. them with a little Benadryl, maybe a little steroid. Sure. And so then the question becomes, if I am somehow tamping down the immune system by giving that Benadryl or steroid, I guess would be the premise for that administration of those pre-medications, am I really having an effective vaccination administration? So it depends on the dose you're using. No. Benadryl, Benadryl is not going to change your response to vaccine. Okay. As far as I know, there are not that many vaccines that act through histamine. No, that's true. <laughs> that I mean, would be bad. As far as I know, I mean, that didn't, was not covered in my immunology, if it's true. Right. And remember that, that there's two-edged sword to Benadryl. Yeah. You're blocking histamine, which is usually the thing that puffs up the face and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you're only blocking histamine okay. when you get Benadryl. And there's a whole hell of a lot of other things in a mast cell than just histamine, right? Yes. So if you're giving a little bit of steroid, how much steroid are you giving? Are you blocking the immune system? Are you suppressing the immune system? What are you doing? Yeah. And chances are, if you're giving anywhere in the anti-inflammatory spectrum of doses, yeah. you're going to get a fine vaccine response, and you're going to okay. also prevent most of the vaccine reactions you're going to see. So if I'm hanging out at like the like a DEX SP of one milligram per kilogram, I'm not suppressing that immune nope. system. Nope. Not if that animal has a competent immune system. And if there's right. every indication they do, then sure. Yeah. Okay. 
that makes sense. That's that's incredibly helpful. Incredibly helpful. So let's see, Jason, you got do you got any other questions you want to ask, Doctor? I, I do. I've been waiting patiently. I, I I tell you what, I always learn so much on this podcast while while I'm, while I'm participating. But my biggest question is from the veterinary side. There's a lot of uh, a lot of talk, right? So mm -hmm. I'm around a lot of veterinarians. What's the biggest controversy that you think exists within the veterinary community with vaccines? Mm -hmm. And what's the actual truth? So That's a tough one, right? But there are probably a million of them, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit so you can think about it. But uh, there's probably several, <laughs> uh, but you're on it. I'm going to let you go. All right, get to it. You're ready. It's like you so, want this. So this is the thing I actually speak on the most to veterinarians. It's the vaccines that we, it's the non-core vaccines. That's the biggest controversy. Yep. What non-core oh. vaccines do I carry? Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about any company specifically, but what, yep. from what company do I carry them? And how do I talk to my clients about getting them? You know, how do I convince them that lepto is a thing? How do I convince yeah. them that blue is a thing? How do I convince them that leukemia is a thing? Okay, so wait, so wait, because I have a problem with the term core vaccine. I know like, and and perhaps you and I diverge in our opinions, right? But for me, communication is one of the most important components yeah. to preventive health. And when I say core, so the core means like, every dog walking around should receive 100% of the core vaccines. Mm -hmm. And then anything that's not in that list is like, not necessarily yeah. necessary. Oh, and I so, wouldn't say that. Well, it but non-core non does not mean not necessary. But the interpretation of the term core and non-core, and especially if you use that language with clients, that is how it's taken. Right. And we have to be careful in... That's something we can speak to other veterinarians about because, I mean, we can call it red and green. I don't care if you want to call the red right. vaccines the ones we give well, to every animal, the green vaccines the ones we have a discussion well, about. Well, here's the thing. I don't care. I don't even, I don't want to make it that easy for veterinarians, right? Because I truly think that every single pet that I'm going to vaccinate or I'm going to prescribe a preventive health care protocol for has to have a thorough risk-based assessment to determine Absolutely. which vaccines are necessary. Whether they're core or not, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. But I would say there are going to be some veterinarians. So we have we have to speak to the entire spectrum of veterinarians. And some veterinarians are very interested in keeping up with their their education. They're very interested in making sure they know what vaccines they carry. There are some veterinarians who could care less about that. And so we have to give them a tool to not screw that up because that's not <laughs> the thing they they value. That's not the thing they want to, you know, they'd yeah. rather do orthopedic surgery. And so, right. and that's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying we have to give them an easy way to figure that out because I'm sure as hell not doing orthopedic surgery. So, right. so it's like a Cliff's Notes is what you're saying. Yes. Like you see it more yes. as like a Cliff's Notes for how can I quickly determine what really every dog needs and then I can focus my effort on determining and these other ones are necessary. Okay, right. so I got the solution. Yeah, you guys right. say the problem. I'm here as a solution person, right? You, okay, yeah, so, so here, if, are, you guys, are you guys ready for it? So what we need to do is start a campaign right now. Hashtag it, put some shirt, do a bumper sticker, do a coffee mug. There are no core vaccines. Dun, dun, dun. Right. There are no core vaccines. Here's the deal. It's become part of the lingo. I yes, know. No more. I hate it. And I get that, but you've got to have the cliff note version for these people. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't get it. It's true. And I'm sure it's helpful for new grads coming out to get some idea of what's what's normal and whatever. But you and I, well, you know, there's things that are not considered core, like lepto and flu. And I feel like every dog should get lepto unless they I live am. in a bubble. 
but not every dog should get leash mania and there's a leash mania vaccine that's true that's true not every dog should get the rattlesnake vaccine you either need to talk about the rattlesnake vaccine okay you either need to limit the vaccines that are out there period so that everything can be everybody needs everything all the time yeah or you have to figure that out that's true that's true so since it is a holiday if you guys hear sounds in the background because Dr. Stone is so graciously doing this during a holiday time. She's in her home preparing for guests. And so you might hear some vacuum and stuff. But we love her because she's so passionate about preventive care for pets that she came on our podcast on a holiday. That's right. We love it. But back to the kind of the discussion about core versus non-core. If we were to look at human preventive care, it is based on your potential exposure, right? So like, you don't get a yellow fever vaccination if you live in the United States, unless you're going to go somewhere where yellow fever is. That is so creepy. That is the disease I was thinking of when you said you don't get a yellow fever. I was like, you don't get a yellow <laughs> fever vaccine in my head. That's creepy. You That's two right. should be doing that. Y'all are related. We are. We are. He's like, what's yellow fever? Do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I was actually what happened. The whole process is I was I was mentally telling her to ask about yellow fever, in which case oh, she she did the right true. thing and did her duty and asked about yellow fever. It's true. So that's the whole process. If you must it's know, true. it's a tw- it's a twin thing. Sorry. Twin Sorry, process. I interrupted. Yeah. Right. It's a twin thing. It's a twin thing. So uh, anyway, I because you know we've seen the signalman change for lepto over the last twenty years, right? It used to be farm dogs that were over fifty pounds, and now the number one signalman component for lepto infection is a dog that's less than 15 pounds. Right. Those are the ones who are mo- most and unvaccinated are most likely to contract infection with lepto. But we, I still run into so many veterinarians who are not vaccinating for lepto little dogs because they're afraid of the, you know, the basketball head right. reaction. So basketball head's easy to fix. It is. I mean, like that's my thing, you know, and you're basketball a hero. That is easy to fix and, and you look hero. great doing it. That's right. That's right. So, uh, okay. so vaccinate them. But again, you can't you can't tell everybody your animal needs every vaccine out there all the time because there's too many vaccines out there. That's true. So then what about the Lyme vaccine? What do you think vaccinate about that? Them, vaccinate them, vaccinate them, vaccinate them. If they're in an, I don't even care if they're in an endemic area. If, they're in, if they might be in an endemic area at some point yeah. in their life, vaccinate them. And endemic areas for Lyme, folks, are mostly in the Northeast, uh, mostly uh, like New England, but it's moving on down. It's moving sure. on down as the ticks migrate and the deer population explodes. Lyme disease has become more and more common with the tick. So, and all the things you think about the Lyme vaccine from before, just throw yeah. them out. Oh, whoa. Just throw them out. Like Lyme vaccines don't cause Lyme disease. Lyme vaccines don't cause kidney failure. Lyme, they, none of that's true. Whoa. You heard it here first. That's right. You heard it here first on In Other News. Well, listen, I just wanted some controversial vaccines, and I got a whole lecture about verbiage and all kinds of stuff. It's fantastic. But listen, what about, are there any vaccines I should never give? Yes. What are they? Oh, there's there's a list. Um, Oh, great. (laughs) Here here it is. You should not use the rattlesnake vaccine. It doesn't help. It's going to give you a false, you're going to give your clients a false sense of security that their animal is somehow protected and they can just go run and stick their head in wherever. And that's not cool. So (laughs) don't do it. Animals should never receive anything that remotely is a ringworm vaccine. That they still exist in the world. (gasps) Don't give them. Yeah, it's terrible. Your kitties should not receive the FIP vaccine. There it is. That was definitely going to come up. (laughs) It doesn't work. 
No. It's not helpful. It doesn't work. On the market still is a canine adenovirus 1 vaccine. Oh. And that will actually cause adenovirus. We use the adenovirus 2 vaccine because it cross protects, but you can order one. Just don't use it. Don't get it. Is it a live vaccine or something? Yeah, of course. Oh my God. So you're actually injecting adenovirus into the dog? Yeah. Oh, and this is, I think this is part of the issue that we have all these discussions about because these things do exist. It's mm-hmm. not like these people are getting these things yeah. from the ether, right? They're just pulling them out of the smoke. They actually do exist. And it's up to us to listen to fantastic, informative podcasts like this to learn the differences and what we should and shouldn't be doing. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if you have somebody in your practice who doesn't know what vaccines they're ordering, yeah. they're going to look at a catalog and go, that's cheap. Let's get this vaccine. Yeah. And it may not be the right type. It may not be yeah. the right, you know, formulation that your yeah. practice needs. I mean, and if so, I if, if I didn't know any better and I thought I could order something that would save me from all kinds of rattlesnakes and I was in West Texas, I'd be like, give me that. Just give right. it to everybody. Right. right. Sounds right. great. Right. So. Well, and there's also like, isn't there like a Giardia vaccine too? Yeah, there is. Don't okay, use that. That, that makes Dr. Stone's list of nevers. Don't use and that then oh my gosh. My, and then my other one that people ask me, like, and I say if, if there's an effective FIV vaccine, I need to know where the end of the line is to get my HIV vaccine. Right. <laughs> and, and here's the thing with that. I hesitate to jump, to jump on that bandwagon entirely because there are areas of the world who have the right clades for that vaccine. And there, it is providing some protection for those animals. Okay. Also in those areas of the world, they're developing tests that separate vaccinated versus disease affected. And so I can't, I mean, I do jump on that bandwagon and say, if you're in the continental United States or North America, probably don't use it. Yeah. You're in other countries that may be a worthwhile thing. Okay. And then what about, because the cat owners have become all concerned about the vaccine site associated sarcomas. Yes, they have. And And there's been debunked or what? It's, so the problem is, is there's not an, enough evidence to go one way or another with it. Oh. And the new guidelines that come from some of the agencies that, mm. that help say these things are about to say, basically, you should be careful. You should try not to use killed vaccines in cats when you can. But again, okay. it's about risk assessment. If your cat is at major risk for leukemia, mm. the studies on the killed leukemia vaccine are better than the studies mm. on the non-adjuvanted recombinant vaccine. And so if I have a cat who is living with other FELV positive cats, oh, that's I'm high. giving the inactivated vaccine yearly if I have to. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about that too is that it's yet another argument for keeping your cat indoors. Yes, it is. You should keep but indoors cat- without FELV positive animals. Right. Right. Yes. Don't, don't let your cat hang out with other sick cats. Yeah, don't confine them to the disease. Exactly. <laughs> Because that's our biggest ones right now. We have outdoor cats that never see other cats. Right. Yeah. You know, we have outdoor cats that live in a fairly rural area that might see the other cat that lives on the property, but that's it. Yeah. And so that cat is no more at risk for leukemia than my cat that lives in my house. Well, that's true. That's true. But my my receptionist who continues to get cats and join them with her FELB positive cats. Oh. That is a problem, Houston. And apparently that happens a lot more than I even knew of. Yeah. Oh, danger, danger. Okay. So I have, we're wrapping up here because look, I made a list of pearls. Okay. (laughs) I made a list of Dr. Stone pearls. So Uh number one, the posse (laughs) that rides together 
is most effective, right? That's like right. The, the posse. So either give all the vaccines on the same day or give them two weeks apart, but don't give them in subsequent days, right? right? Consecutive days. Right. And number two, don't get mad. Add. Yeah, best one for sure. That's the best one. But I 100% agree because I'm saying I don't want to fight with a client because it's their pet, right? So don't get mad. And then number three, no FIP vaccines. No FIP vaccination. Don't do yeah, it. Don't do it. Fight it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. You should make Did a hashtag have... about that too. Yeah, we should. Hashtag no FIP vax. Hey, I don't Jay. know. You, you guys didn't like my no core vaccine hashtag. You looked at me like I, I was did. a space person. I, here, I like so. it. My only concern is you're going to have people say, oh, we shouldn't give rabies or distemper or fan Luke anymore. Ooh. That's my worry. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. We have to we have to work on the terminology. I see your yeah. point. I will I will I will think about it and get back to you. I was to say in a future podcast we can like we'll rehash it. But it's a, it's a definitely a thing. It's a movement. We got to start the movement. We got to we got to start some movement. We do. We do. And uh, did I just hear Dr. Stone volunteer to come back and do another episode with us? Yes, she did. Absolutely. That's I right. I would love to. And now yeah. it's recorded. <laughs> yeah, got it in posterity. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So we got a couple more things. I want to direct our listeners to myvetcandy.com slash vaccines. We have several infographics that are available for free for download. One of them is my favorite because it has me looking like a superhero and, <laughs> and everybody loves that. <laughs> I love it. Um, but there's, so there's tips. A lot of these facts are, are available on infographics. They're also appropriate for pet owners. So check it out, myvetcandy.com slash vaccines. And we're going to give something away, cool. right? We're going to give something away, folks. And so let's see. Let's have that. We need a trivia question. We need a trivia question. And so, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make it easy on listeners. That's what we'll do. If you email us and you suggest a podcast topic and we choose it, we will read your email on a subsequent episode and we'll send you some vet candy swag, right? That's right. And you guys, we got some really good suggestions the last time and uh, we're open to it. So Jen at myvetcandy.com or Jason at myvetcandy.com. And I know you were doing that just to see if I was still listening. I, I appreciate that. I'm still on. I'm still with you. Still with us, even even out of the basement. Okay. Yes. So Dr. Jason's going to go and um, look for a free shower, maybe at the Y. I don't know. I'm that's just a good. That's a good. Out. That's a great place. I actually thought about that, but they were closed yesterday. So hopefully they're open today. It's better than the hot tub. <laughs> not, not really. The hot tub's pretty good. Okay. Just dump some chemicals and, in there. I'm clean. Rolling on. And we're gonna say thank you ever so much to the really super smarty Dr. Amy Stone for educating us up on immunology and vaccineology. And maybe our next podcast, we can talk about maternal antibodies, puppies, kittens, and what that's all about. I would love to. Yeah, excellent. All right, thank you so much. Candyverse, over and out from Vet Candies in other news. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.